Hello, loyal listener. This is the pre-show, the section of the show that happens before the starting of the show when we show you our shriveling, shabby showmanship. Now, you may remember me from past pre-shows talking about bagel bites, Afghan blankets, or maybe even about gagging and beating fictional audience members. But today is going to be a little different. Today, I'm going to loosen my grip on this monopolized pre-show of mine and let one of those other members of the program take the reins. All right, guys, take it away. It's Friday, February 28th. Tomorrow is Leap Day, so be on the lookout for all Leap Day William for all you 30 Rock fans out there. <laughs> but more importantly, be on the lookout for new episodes of Talkin' Rock in the Basement released every Sunday at 8 a.m. on 8 SoundCloud. As always, I'm Tom. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. And we want to welcome a friend who we've talked about on many <laughs> occasions on this show. We've talked about his obsession with Guns N' Roses, his obsession with going to as many rock concerts that are humanly possible, and most importantly, his Neanderthal-like qualities. <laughs> so without further ado, we want to welcome Jones to Talkin' Rock in the Basement. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. What's up, everybody out there? Name's Jones. <laughs> I love classic rock. Don't don't forget it. Um, so you love classic rock. Um, what kind of got you into classic rock? What what do you what do you like about it so much? That's a good question. I remember uh, when I was a kid, I would be in the car, and my dad would always be playing classic rock. And uh, one of my very first fond memories are uh, when I was in the car. I heard the cars moving in stereo, and I loved how the sound moved throughout all the speakers. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of hooked ever since. That's not a bad way to kick it off. No, we're, we appreciate having you. Um, that's an origin story if I ever heard one. That sounds like a movie coming out someday. I'm in, definitely interested. But we're glad to have you today, Jones, and we hope you stick around. But um, what do we got on the agenda today, Chris? Oh, so today we're going to be... Uh, so Peter Green had his tribute concert, so we're going to uh, do a quick rundown of that and a little history, a brief history of uh, Peter Green and... and um, his kind of musical background. Uh, Jones is going to talk about some bands that are going on tour and some of his favorite concerts. Ben's going to talk about uh, a U2 album that knocked uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller off the number one spot on the charts. And Sir Tom is going to talk about the Beatles album that won four Grammys on on Leap Day mm-hmm. 50, 52 years ago. That's right. Um, but jumping right into it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cracked open a cold crack, one. Crack, good old Colorado Kool-Aid. Yeah, the first one of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, Peter Green's tribute concert was held on the 25th of February. A few days um, ago. Yeah, so Pink Floyd's David Gilmore, Steven Tyler, uh, ZZ Top's Billy Gibbons, Metallica's Kirk Hammett, Pete Townsend. Uh, and Oasis's Noel, uh, no, uh, Noel Gallagher, uh, they all kind of came together and, and paid tribute to the legendary guitarist. Um, it was held at the London Palladium, and it was organized by Mick Fleetwood. Um, and it featured appearances from Christine McVie and uh, Jeremy Spencer, who is one of the original guitarists for Fleetwood Mac. Um, Peter Green did not make an appearance, um, but they say he's in good health and in 
in good spirits. Like he wasn't even there to watch it? No. <laughs> Sounds like a hell of a tribute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the motivation for this I, even happening? I, I, I tried to find it. I could not. <laughs> there was like, I think, he, I don't know. I think he may have just been bored. Like, Pink Fleetwood was like, hey, let's, let's do something. something. Do. I don't know, because there's no, it's not like a, there's no, um, like, anniversary or anything like that. But better time than any time, yeah. I suppose. You never know when these guys will go. Yeah, all but um, old. they all played different songs uh, that Peter Green was on um, in, in Fleetwood Mac and then also earlier. Um, but uh, so, yeah, getting kind of into the background of Peter Green, um, he began playing professionally at the age of 15, which is pretty nuts. But he first played bass guitar in a band called Bobby Dennis and the Dominoes, which performed pop and rock and roll covers. And then uh, he played in a few other different brand- bands um, where, uh, before he played lead guitar in Peter Barden's band, Peter B's Lunars, where he met Mick Fleetwood. Um, and his first recording debut with, was with Peter B uh, with the single If You Want to Be Happy. And then after three months uh, with Peter Barden's group, he got the chance to fill in for Eric Clapton and John Mayles and the Blue Breakers for three concerts. Um, he was a big blues guy. That's how, like he grew up playing blues. That's, that's how he learned how to play guitar and bass guitar. Um, and it was funny. Uh, Mick uh, Mark Vernon, who was the uh, who worked at the record cape uh, uh, record company for John Mayle, he came in and saw a different amp, and he was like, hey, where's uh, where's Eric Clapton? And then uh, John was like, oh, he left, but I got somebody better. And, and he was like, somebody better than an Eric Clapton? He was like, give him a few years, and he'll be the best. But um, You're saying Peter Green was that? Yeah, he was talking about Peter Green. Uh, Not but, possible. <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ. But um, soon after Eric Clapton officially left he became a full-time member of john mail and the blues breakers but uh yeah he made his recording debut with the blues breakers in 1966 on the album a hard road which featured two of his compositions the same way and the supernatural and the supernatural has kind of become one of his trademark songs it was an instrumental song but everyone who knows you know peter green knows that song and that's kind of where he got his roots from and then his friends uh gave it the nickname the green god but in 1967, he left to form his own band uh, with Mick Fleetwood and Jeremy Spencer, uh, and that was originally called Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac featuring Jeremy Spencer. Um, what a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has their equal yeah, share. Let's, let's let everybody get a name. Yeah. <laughs> everybody gets a piece of the pie. But um, Bob Brunning was uh, temporary on bass uh, as John McVie. Uh, was not ready to join the band yet. Because John McVie also came from John Mayles. He was still in training? Yeah, I guess so. Training wheels on bass. Running through the, yeah, getting through, run through his paces. Um, But the band played blues covers and mostly originals, uh, and originals mostly written by Green, and some were written by uh, Jeremy Spencer. Um, And by September of 67, um, John McVie had replaced running on bass. Good. (laughs) That's the way we like it. But um, Green slowly moved, uh, moved away from his blues roots in their second album, Mr. Wonderful, which came out in 68. Um, and then he scored hits with the songs uh, Black Magic Woman, uh, Oh Well, and Man of the World. And then they signed uh, to Warner Brothers Records to record their third album, Then Play On. Um, and it was recording this album that the band noticed Green's drug habits and kind of his like changes in like his state of mind. He took like a lot of LSD. 
Um, and then one, like one story that kept coming up was uh, they were on tour in in um, in Europe in Munich in 1970, and uh, Peter Green went to a commune with like a bunch of roadies, and he like he said he wouldn't leave. So Mick Fleetwood had to go and like break him out of this place because because it, it was like a spiritual like guarded place, and like you couldn't enter if you had any. But it, the, it was spiritually guarded, but literally guarded. Yeah. Okay, I got it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Mick Fleetwood had to, like, go and, like, break him out. <laughs> what was his uh, significance of going there? Like, why did, why did he want to go? Uh, he, to take drugs, basically. <laughs> L- LSD. He said, so he said, like, in a recent interview that that was some of the best music that he, because he played music while he was there. He said that was the most, some of the best music that he's played. It was just so spiritual and spiritually freeing and... Um, but like, yeah, through the years he changed his appearance. He started like wearing like robes and like, um, a cross and like sandals and everyone was kind of like, Hey man, you doing okay. But, uh, yeah, he took uh, a bunch of LSD and then ended up being like, um, well, so he left the band. He left Fleetwood Mac, um, after a final performance on May 20th in 1970, uh, he left. But after that he was diagnosed with like schizophrenia. Mm. And a lot of other mental health <laughs> issues, <good>. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, but uh, but he's he's still alive and apparently doing well. But um, doing an LSD? What? I <laughs> no. doubt it. I mean, the, 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 these guys get old; they can't yeah. be doing these kind of drugs and hard alcohol. Even hell, yeah. even Keith Richards quit smoking, so he's quitting smoking. And then I don't think anybody's doing any of that hard stuff. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So he he went on to continue playing music after Fleetwood Mac um, uh, and he's form, uh, formed Peter Green's in the Splinter Group um, mm-hmm. which uh, which actually went on tour in London and stuff but um, he's done he hasn't done any shows recently people actually I was like doing research people haven't seen him in a while um, I'll be so, honest I have no idea what he looks like uh, <laughs> I get it you're average white guy <laughs> oh your average 80s so me. yeah 70s rocker oh. but um that's kind of all for, for Peter Green. I could go on, but we'd be here all night. Uh, the things to do, places to be. Do we? Do we? Um, well, it's, it's great. We appreciate you giving us all the information, <laughs> Peter Green. We'll have to do a lot more research on this, at least for me to understand, because uh, that was a lot. That was all new for me. Oh yeah, stuff. yeah. I don't really know much about Peter Green. Yeah. So no, yeah. Besides the um, Tom said that, stuff. Tom said it was gonna be boring. <laughs> <laughs> Real snooze fest. <laughs> <laughs> I hit the snooze button at least three or four times during it. But. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about rock shows in 2020. Uh, the first one I got is uh, Guns N' Roses with Smashing Pumpkins. What do you guys think about that show? I'm very interested. Um, yeah. So I know you said you are going to bring up a lot of like tours. Um, I'm saying money aside. So if money doesn't matter. Money doesn't mean Money shit. doesn't matter. <laughs> Nothing. Um, then I would 100% go oh yeah absolutely because we've talked about it earlier but i've never seen smashing pumpkins and i don't think you have either jones no i haven't i would i would love to see smashing pumpkins yeah right. so that's, i mean who doesn't want to see smashing pumpkins? yeah right and, or do it yeah i think that'd be a great opener so yes. uh, i mean i'm not going there for that uh, no yeah. i'm definitely going to see that show and i'll be in the pit so it's going to be a great <laughs> show looking forward to it in the pit amongst the men uh second show i got rage against the machine yeah. Um, I'm real excited that they're back, and uh, I just hope that they bring the energy and the noise that the crowd wants to hear. You know, they've been gone for a long time. Yeah, so it was like 20 years or something. Yeah, it's it's been a while, and I hope they don't bring any you know political negativity, which yeah. I know they will. But 
I hope the mm-hmm. music prevails and overcomes all that. Right. And I follow Tom Morello on Instagram, and so it's it's pretty constant with the oh, yeah. with the political, political banter yeah. or whatever they're going on. So yeah. I don't know how, much, how political uh, was Zachary De La Hoya. I don't know yeah. how political he is. I don't really know much about him. He's very political. <laughs> very, yeah. rage, very political. Rage yeah. against the machine, yeah. literally. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. it makes sense. Uh, but do you know when that concert is, Jones? Yes, if you see it in uh, D.C., it's August 4th and 5th, which is a Tuesday and a Wednesday, which sucks because it's during the week. Yeah, <laughs> People are working. But uh, I'm seeing them in Pittsburgh with the uh, Ohio crew. Oh, uh, yeah? At the end of July. Keith so. and Hewall. Is that outdoors yeah. or indoors? It's indoors. It's at uh, PPG Arena where the uh, Penguins play. Oh, okay. that'll be cool. And are they playing at Capital One Arena? Yes, they're playing at Capital One Arena. In, in D.C., yeah, I mean that'd be a really good show. I, obviously, I'd love to see what the the Ohio boys yeah. in Pittsburgh. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a fun time. Yeah, I would like to see them out outdoor. Um, indoor, I would take it too. Yeah, but. I feel like bands go. They feel a little bit. They have the ability to do a little bit more outdoors, as far as like the crowd. Was it? But ZZ Top was a Billy Gibbons. He can smoke multiple cigarettes oh, at one yeah, time. Yeah, he's playing outside. That's not accurate. It's not Billy Gibbons. That's Frank Beard. <laughs> Frank Beard. Oh. I never seen ZZ Top. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> All tough guy down there on the table. A brawl is going to start in a second. Yeah, so uh, I definitely see Rage Against the Machine no matter what. Uh, I'm definitely going to see them. Uh, if they're good in Pittsburgh, I'm definitely going to go see them at one or two of the shows in D.C. as well. So that's that. Get a twofer in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would like to see them, uh, since it's been so long for them, I'd almost like to see them with another good band. So yeah. uh, even if they're terrible, which any band that hasn't played in a while, they have the potential of, which you hope not. But I would like to see them play with another band on the same level, maybe like a Tool or uh, something along those lines. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. But yeah, it has been a while for them. Yeah, uh, the next band I got, uh, Sammy Hagar with The Circle. Uh, with White Snake, and uh, I'm real excited about that show. That's going to be July 23rd at uh, Jiffy Lube Live, and I think that's going to be an incredible show. Sammy, Sammy's 72. It doesn't look a day over 50, yeah. so <laughs> that man brings the energy. I saw him last year at Wolf Trap with my man Tommy. That's right. And it was a phenomenal show. Yeah, I'd I'd love to go see Sammy Hagar. Yeah, he he really puts on a great show. We might have talked about this before, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. he was literally – everybody in the front row had a cup. They you know, opened their cup up. And he went around and poured tequila, tequila in each one of their it. cups yeah, and did cool. a shot with, with the audience, basically. I'd never seen that before, and I was I was very impressed, and I wished I was in that front row. Yeah, that whole band is very talented. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, not to sleep on Whitesnake, David Coverdale, who's the lead singer for Whitesnake, is an incredible singer. There was once talks that he was going to fill in for Robert Plant with Led Zeppelin. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, so, I mean, you uh, got to have some vocals to be able to play yeah, that. Yeah, right. To hang with those guys. Uh, next show uh, I got is uh, Def Leppard, Motley Crue, and Poison with Joan Jett. They're going to be playing at Nats Park over the summer. Yeah, we, Did, we talked about that on a yeah. previous podcast, but we're all definitely interested. Yeah. Did it's Motley just, Crue already do like a farewell tour? They're, they're just like, why not come back and do another uh, one? Well, they did a farewell tour, yeah. and then they Kiss used the same equipment that they used, so Motley Crue got... Uh, angry at kiss uh, acting like this you're ruining our big giant finale and they're doing their concert anyway but i uh, am actually not interested um i'm not i don't care about hearing motley Crue. um (laughs) vince uh vince neil doesn't have it anymore so you you can watch 
modern videos yeah. of these guys playing and Vince singing, and it just he doesn't have it. Um, it's just no good. Yeah, I second that. Uh, to me, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't see the show. Um, Vince Neil personally looks like a white trash version of Vince Neil that you know got lost in the eighties. The man can't sing. Uh, I've seen Motley Crue about three times, and Vince Neil has sounded terrible every time. No good. And then uh, yeah, that's 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 what I've heard every time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would see it because I have not seen Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. Check yeah. it off the list. Yeah. And it, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Def Leppard. Right. Yeah, Def Leppard. Also, I have not seen. So. Yeah, I haven't seen them. Yeah, no, I totally get it. It's one of those things you got to check off the list if you haven't seen them. I saw Def Leppard many years ago. And they weren't good either. Did you see uh, Joan Jett? I have not seen Joan I, Jett. I, I've seen Joan Jett. Oh, and, got, and it's it's no good. What's what's wrong with that, Chris? <laughs> it, 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 it's oh. it, it was fine. Like it, again, it checked off the boxes. She played her hits, but it was like you know, it was Joan Jett. Like it wasn't nothing, anything special. Chris going to concerts. I don't. Yeah, I don't I, know. Uh, that surprises me because I do like Joan Jett. I do yeah. too. It just it was just and also we were. Um, I can't remember what theater we were we at, but it was not like acoustics weren't great. It wasn't like kind of a great setup, so it, it I'm sure that had a, a a part to play in it, but um, it was not yeah, like it also like the crowd wasn't great. Like everyone was standing still, no one was saying. It was just very dead. No, I get that because Joan Jett's going to be the opener, so I mean, there's oh. not going to be a lot of people in there either. So I mean, if you tell me she doesn't bring the energy, there's only going to be a couple people in there yeah. during her set. So yeah, but you know, you you, you know, you want to hear the hits. She plays the hits, and but I'll I'll be honest with you, like you know, the third you know act on that bill that we didn't talk about, Poison, Brett Michaels is the man, CC yeah. Deville's the man, Ricky Rocket's the man. So me personally, if I had the opportunity to see Poison again. I would definitely see them. I've seen them two or three times, and Brett Michaels is the man. Yeah, and he just had a surgery, like a vocal surgery too. So, oh, did he? Mm-hmm. I missed it. Yeah, uh, it was like a like a couple weeks ago or something. But a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I guess yeah. He's, I guess he's doing all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. No, no postponing tours like Ozzy. Right. Yeah, so that shows a for sure no for me. Yeah. <laughs> Hard pass. Two thumbs uh, down. The next show, which oh, is late summer, um, early fall, is ZZ Top with Def Leppard. Me personally, I love ZZ Top. I've seen them six or eight times. They're incredible every time you see them, and you know exactly what you're getting from that band. Yeah, I'd be interested in seeing this one. And again, it checks off my Def Leppard list, so I yeah. don't have to sit through it as a Motley Crew, and I guess apparently Joan Jett. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I, I again, I was saying I haven't seen ZD Top, then I would know about the cigarette smoke. Mm. Um, I got lead singer can be smoking uh, cigarettes while he's singing. But no, I would love to see ZD Top. And you said another one of those bands you want to see outside. Um, is this one inside? You know the venue, Jones? Uh, they're playing all around, so okay. some are outdoors, some are indoors. Um, I know they were playing at the MGM your uh, oh yeah a few months ago. I was interested in going, but you know that, it fell through. What York? The, your plans did, or I don't know. Who knows? I it didn't go. You know, it was, it, I like the MGM, but I would yeah. rather see them outside, outside venue. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah I, I would like to see ZZ Top and uh, also Def Leppard. That would check off. I, yeah, uh, I would like to see Def Leppard definitely. Yeah, I would. I would definitely like to see Def Leppard and ZZ Top with you boys. I think that'd be a great show. Mm-hmm. Put it on the calendars. <laughs> record record an episode there in concert. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 
like, yeah, here, live. Next show I got, uh, Black Crows. I've got nothing to say about them. They're terrible, <laughs> and they're only doing it for the money, so that's all I'm going to say about them. Are, are they are they going on, like, a long tour or just? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. those dudes are all broke. They <laughs> haven't been touring for a long time. They're all a bunch of idiots, and to be honest with you, I think it's going to fall through before 10, you know, shows mm-hmm. because they can't get along. They're only getting along for the money. And it's just a matter of time before somebody looks at somebody the wrong way, and then they're both crying. Got so, bills to pay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're doing like like a mini tour right now with just uh, I, I don't remember the name. Like Robinson, like the singer. Yeah, it's Chris and uh, I, I don't remember. Yeah, the other and then just it's just singing and an acoustic guitar. So they're doing like these real small little venues, like basically bars or something. Oh yeah. And the audience, the article I read, the audience was talking too loud, so we stopped in the middle of a song. He's like, "Can you please keep it down?" <laughs> Like in the middle of this, like you have to. Tell oh, oh, I've seen this on Facebook. He, like yeah, he has yeah, to yeah. plead to the audience yeah. to keep he was it down like, yeah, and yeah, stop yeah. disrespect. He's like, I'll walk off the yeah, stage. Yeah, he was right like, now. I'm not gonna play if you guys don't stop talking. So you go to the coffee shops, basically. Yeah, <laughs> sounds so I, like a real rock band. Right. Yeah. He's like, oh, I never heard that before. <laughs> rock band telling the audience to uh, keep it down. Yeah. So I mean, it's acoustic set, but still, still, but it's like they weren't really loud for them. It's like they were loud with their side conversations, yeah. talking about their days and what the hell, whatever. They're just being pissy because they weren't paying attention. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So but who can blame them? So yeah. I can uh, second that with what Jones is saying. Say it's probably not the uh, no, not not happening. best chemistry on stage that yeah. we want. Uh, the next band I got, Sticks. Uh, for me, I saw Sticks. They opened up for Boston up in uh, New York. Um, I checked them off my list a long time ago. Don't need to see them again. I saw a keyboard player uh, that tried to steal the show, and I'm not into seeing that again. I'm into saxophonists stealing the show. I am into that. Oh, every time. Yeah, the like sax, that, yeah. phenomenal. You see Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, the sax yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's his show. Bob yeah. Seger's lucky to be there. Um, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it either, but it was a great show. Uh but I, I don't have any drive to see Sticks either. Yeah, um, we love Tommy Shaw, the guitarist. Tommy's phenomenal. Um, but I don't think that's getting me to. Yeah, if, I mean, if, if they're to do it. yeah, if one of their songs pops up, I'll listen to it. But I'm not seeking them out or anything. If it was Sticks in Boston, I would see it. I would 100 um, percent see it. But just for Sticks, I mean, I do need to check them off the list, but <laughs> it's not happening. Yeah, I second with you on that, Ben. I, uh, I'll be honest with you, Boston was. Uh, an incredible show. I wish I could have seen them outside. That's one of those. I saw them at a uh, casino. So it's one of those shows where you're like, if they were outside, Tom Schultz could have really let that guitar wail. <laughs> I bet they could have. Uh, yeah, my next show, I got uh, Journey with uh, The Pretenders. I uh, I would really like to see Chrissy Hine and The Pretenders, but Neil Sean's new version of Journey, uh, especially if they don't have that guy that used to play the uh, – on the vocals, I have no desire to see them. I've already been there and done that. So you're saying they got a new singer? No, it's a uh, Arnes Pennell, same oh, the guy. same guy. I, oh, I yeah. saw him with that rendition, and yeah. I okay, mean, it, it's you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you close your eyes, you know, you you hear the Journey songs, but you want that guy that used to be up there. Up yeah. there, yeah, yeah, he's not. Give the people what they want. Steve Perry's not coming back. Oh, Sherry, <laughs> something like that. Something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, what do you think about that show, Ben? What, is that something that interests you or no? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, that's a that, four nose for us. That's yeah. a hard. That's a, we got eight thumbs down, yeah. brothers. Yeah, like, uh, they have to have you know a a better compilation there with a, another artist. You know, yeah. for me to go see something. Yeah, Ben's know. gonna need more Jones. I'm sorry. It's gonna be a big ticket item. You know. 
That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> for that reason, I'm out. Uh, I guess I'm out, too. Oh, man. Uh, next show I got is Foreigner, Kansas, and Europe. So for me, the uh, very first rock show I ever saw was Foghat opened up for Kansas. Foghat stole the show in Kansas. Uh, they had the late part, and uh, they played the violin like I've never seen the violin played at a rock show. And uh, for that, I'm out. <laughs> I thought that was a compliment. Yeah. Like, they're killing it. Well, I haven't ever heard no fiddle called a violin. T- tell me more. <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, no, well, they have that that song that has clearly a violin presence. Yeah. So they're gonna need it on stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, that's, that's a pass for me. That's a, a no thanks. I have no desire. If money is no object, I'm seeing it because I check a lot of boxes. You know, <laughs> a lot of, there's lot a lot of, of groups yeah. that I haven't seen. A lot of, lot of open boxes the on the list. Three for one. Yeah. yeah. Go buy a ticket, see the opening. All right, yeah, but uh, Foreigner on that ticket is incredible. I've seen Foreigner probably four or five times, and every time they've been phenomenal. And Mick Jones is the only original member with them, but uh, I mean, they really bring the noise. Yeah, I've heard pretty good things about Foreigner. You know all the songs, so it's like it's just pretty much like hanging out with your buddies, drinking beer. Nothing better. Just a little karaoke bar. It's not nothing better. No, those foreigner songs are very easy to sing along with. They're pretty. I, I relate to the like Huey Lewis and the News sing yeah. along. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. know it. Just you're feeling it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I could definitely see that. That's a that's a good compliment, by the way. Oh, yeah. Dude, Thanks, boss. <laughs> I pat my own shoulder. Jones's approval. <laughs> so the next uh, show I, I got happy. is uh, Bon Jovi with Brian Adams. So I've never seen Brian Adams. I really like Bar- Brian Adams, and uh, I've seen Bon Jovi one time. I was in the very top of the Verizon Center <laughs> before it was Capital One Arena yeah. in the old days. And uh, me and my buddy had gotten drunk before the show, so we were uh, feeling the vocals, and uh, the people in our section weren't having to uh, enjoy our vocals. Um, I believe they called him Small Jones, and then you were Bigger Jones, or Big Jones. Big Jones at the time. Yeah, uh, still Big Jones, okay. but, uh, and yeah. he's still Little Jones. Still Little Jones. He tried to advocate for a medium Jones, but it didn't stick. No, <laughs> didn't get promoted. No. So, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, I so I, I'm interested in that show. So I looked it up. I always go uh, either on Ticketmaster or TickPick. TickPick's a great website for anybody out there that who doesn't know. Uh, it's secondary tickets, and you get them for exactly the price that you see them as. Uh, so yeah, I looked them up, and I couldn't believe how much the tickets were. They were like four hundred dollars. And I was like, mm. I couldn't believe it. I was like, No, sir. I like Bon Jovi, but for four hundred dollars a ticket, I don't know. Yeah, no. I was told money was no issue. But money, yeah. If money's no issue, we're going. <laughs> I'm just saying, I didn't know that those tickets were pulling that kind of money at this point. It is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like tickets have only gotten more expensive. Yeah, always. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that. But I'll be honest with you, uh, I I might go to that show. That's a maybe for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you really got us, Jones. Already started yeah. the hedge fund. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can take loans out now, so it's not an yeah, issue. Yeah, StubHub. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, take for lo- up, loans for out up, for up to a year. For up to a year, Intra- Dub- in- doubling the amount you paid originally or for a regular yeah. ticket. We don't do that. Interest, interest rates are based on your credit score. Oh no, seems legit. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be high. Uh, so the next show I got uh, is Pearl Jam and. Uh, for me, I would love to see that show. The only issue is they made the tickets non-transferable to anybody who didn't get tickets initially. So my only chance to be able to go to the show now is if they release tickets the day of the show. Mm. And that's in Baltimore? Yeah, it's in Baltimore. Yeah. And they already sold out? 
Well, the tickets that they had released oh, have sold yeah, out. Okay. Correct. Okay. No oh, good. Yeah, I would definitely go to that show. Yeah. Uh, love Pearl Jam. That'd be uh, cool. They, again, didn't really tour for a while because they're yeah. coming out with a new album. Yeah. And so they're kind of torn on that. So it's really something to take advantage of. And I guess a lot of other people are as well. And I guess so. Again, with the, the prices. But it's just, I've never seen a show in Baltimore. I know you have, Jones. Um, it always makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really has to be a band I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a trip. But I would love to see that show. You know, no money, no issues. Yeah, right. That's two thumbs oh, yeah, up for me. Definitely right. going up. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, last show I got, uh, based on the 2020 uh, summer slash early fall tours, is Roger Waters. Uh, for me, I've seen Roger Waters multiple times, and the music is phenomenal every time. The only issue is the last time I seen him, it was so political that I couldn't stand it. Oh, yeah. Did you happen to fall asleep during the show at all, Jones? Yeah, I'm not listening to that political shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just falls right to sleep. Buddy's got to wake you up and say, hey, we're jamming, man. Hey, uh, Once Comfortably Numb came on. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever seen a better guitar solo. Well, I thought you were going to say that you were comfortably numb. Uh, as, I, as, that's as I, I thought I was going to. Uh, I put the air guitar down and yeah. it came comfortably yeah, yeah, numb. Yeah. My, yeah. Sunk into my seat. No, that's that's what that's one of my favorite Pink Floyd songs. So that's yeah. one you just gotta perk up a little bit for. My hands felt just like two balloons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh entering the next segment of my topic, uh what are the best concerts you guys have been to? I'll just go ahead and I'll I'll start with mine and then we'll go around the room. So for me, uh best shows I've seen. I saw Guns N' Roses at FedEx Field with uh Allison Chains opening up for him. It was incredible because that was the comeback tour for GNR on the Not in This Lifetime tour. It was incredible and uh they sounded great. Uh I saw Rolling Stones at FedEx Field and they were absolutely incredible. Everything about it. That's you know, that whole stadium just had a presence to it that night. It's a unspoken, you know, feeling in there that you know you're about to see a great show. I saw Pearl Jam in Seattle at the Mecca, and uh, Eddie Vedder sounded incredible, and they played for about three hours that night, and uh, it was a perfect summer night, and uh, they played incredible. Did you see uh, Duff McKagan at that show? Yeah, so I saw right before the show started, Duff McKagan walked out right in front of me uh, with his wife, Susan, and uh, it was I knew I was about to see <laughs> hey, a great show. Hey, Susan. Hey, man. Uh, Duff McKagan, bassist for yeah. Guns N' Roses. That's a good That's a good question, though. That, I, that's I, a good I, omen. Oh, I'd have yeah. to think about that um, as far as concert. Like the Tom Petty concert that we went to in Columbus mm-hmm. was definitely we went, it was Columbus right? no, Cincinnati. Cincinnati Cincinnati Chris damn it in Ohio uh, that was that's definitely on the somewhere list somewhere around there yeah on those parts. In, in the west in the midwest but uh, it's definitely on the on like the top top three or top five but at least my I, top 30 my top that's 50. all the concert no. no have you seen 30 yeah. <laughs> no no 29 actually 29, uh, yeah. no uh, Tom Petty because Joe Walsh opened for Tom yeah. Petty yeah uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers that was a phenomenal show I actually saw that's a hell of a list yeah, yeah. I saw Guns N' Roses with, with Jones and uh, Allison Chains open for him. And that was a phenomenal show. Um, who else have I seen? What else have we seen? Oh, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, they were seen, great. Uh, well, the first time I saw them at the Verizon Center, now Capital One Arena, in 2012. They're really good. Yeah, that was a phenomenal show. You remember mm-hmm. who opened up for them? Oh. Major Tom. Sleigh bells. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. Yeah, it was. We were like, "What is that god awful noise coming off from the stage?" It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. yeah, that that's not a way to get you pumped. But the show was great. I saw that same show in uh, Cincinnati at US Bank Arena. It was a great show. Saw it with the little bro. 
Um, another great show that we saw recently <clears throat> was uh, what's the one that we just saw? I don't remember yesterday, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> that no. you and I saw. Uh, no, no, no. We saw the Black Keys. That was a great, mm. great show at yeah. the Anthem. Uh, kind of more of an intimate venue. Uh, but we saw it as Jones. You. Oh, uh, I know who we saw. I, I can't. We the, saw the leg, the leg warmers. No, <laughs> the local '80s cover band. No, no, no that no. was a great uh, show. New Year's Eve. Yeah, I know what my man's talking about. Uh, Electric Light Orchestra. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, bring me down. Yeah, yeah. Right. E- that was a great show. That was phenomenal. phenomenal. That's a good call, yeah. Ben. I, I was not there. It, it was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, yeah. ELO. Yeah, Chris yeah. didn't make the cut. I knew, I knew right away who you were talking about, <laughs> yeah. but it also slipped my mind too. Yeah. But uh. If you haven't seen him, Jeff Lynn's ELO is incredible. He, you know, he's keeping up. You know, he's old, but it's it's great. Yeah, he was great. And uh which actually just sparked opened my mind to the last summer. I was like, Oh yeah, last summer really? happened. Uh <laughs> I saw Paul McCartney in North yeah, Carolina. That's phenomenal a phenomenal show. show. I was gonna say that show as mm-hmm. well. Uh phenomenal. And then the Sammy Hagar show with uh, Night Night Ranger. Oh yeah, you're putting opening. Sammy Hagar mm-hmm. up there? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was a great show. Yeah, I've seen a couple shows, so I couldn't add that one, but uh <laughs> Sammy Hagar, I mean, that was an incredible show. Mm-hmm. How about Third Eye Blind Jones? <laughs> That's a hard pass for me. <laughs> yeah, we all saw Third Eye Blind, and uh, we almost got in a fight with a, a, a sweater-wearing woman in her early 30s who thought she was tough because she taught in inner city schools in Baltimore, which right. she may be tough, but... Not physically. Was that the one where you were wearing the Nirvana shirt? Yeah, they were all picking on me because of my Nirvana t-shirt. Make it a point. At no point would we ever fight a female, and she was just very aggressive and sassy because she had one too many of the adult beverages. PSA. <laughs> yeah, we we got out of there uh, of the skin of our teeth. You know, barely survived. Have a good day. Yeah. No, Funny good. thing is, she almost left her boyfriend, husband, or significant other, whatever he was, to her in harm's way. Uh, yeah, that that they will get a beating. Wanted no part of it. Yeah. The pit, that's I me, mean, that's the pit. Everybody thinks they're really tough at a concert when they're everybody's in the standing room only. Oh yeah. Was there was there a mosh pit? No. No, no it's 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 uh <laughs> it's a third eye blind concert, Chris. And if I saw a mosh pit at that show, I would have walked home yeah. from the Fillmore and <laughs> in, in Silver, <laughs> Silver Spring, Maryland. Silver Spring, yeah. I might not have made it home by now, man, but I would have walked. Jones. Some say he's still walking today. <laughs> oh, so that wraps that up. Uh, what are a couple shows you guys would really like to see of bands that are not currently touring? I'll start, you know, with the bands that I would really like to see, and then you guys go ahead and follow. Let me know who you would like to see that's not currently touring. Uh, for me, I would love to see the Dire Straits. Mark Knopfler to me is uh, an incredible guitar player, and I just love hearing his voice. Uh, I would really like to see Eric Clapton, also known as Slow Hand, again. I've seen him before, and he was incredible live. And then I would like to see CCR, which is Creedence Clearwater Revival. And I would just like to see the brothers get along, and that would be a show I'd really like to see. Those are all really good. Yeah. I, I, I would also really like to see Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a chance to see him, but I, I think I got I, – I don't know why I didn't go. I think I got But why, though? You blew it. But, That's uh, a bad reason. No. Oh, my vagina hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I second Dire Straits. Actually, Eric Clapton and CCR, those are all yeah. really good. Um, we, we would all want to see those. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I keep thinking of bands that are not possible to see. Yeah, me too. Or, uh, That's allowed. Is it? They're yeah. not currently touring. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, of course. Tom Petty again. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Led, Led Zeppelin, you know, uh, ACDC, maybe with Bon Scott. Um, <sighs> there's just so many. I don't know. That's, That's it? It's a good note. That's all I got. 
Bon, uh, ACDC is going to go on tour, I believe, at the end of this year. Oh, old men. Yeah. <laughs> Just hanging out. I would like to see Red Hot Chili Peppers. I know since the group changed oh, and got yeah, back together, yeah. Yeah. they're going to go on tour. You know, yeah. that's going to happen when they release the new album. I would like that. Uh, also, another group is Blink-182 with mm. uh, oh, yeah. Tom DeLonge. That's, that's a good one. That's, that's really good. Really <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I had a chance, but it didn't happen. And I did not want to see them with Lil Wayne. Like, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, 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 that'd be a hard pass for me. Yeah. I really like what you said about uh, seeing the original members of Red Hot Chili Peppers together. Mm-hmm. I think John Frusciante and Flea are going to make an incredible combination together. Anthony Kiedis is always you know, going to be who he is on the mic, and he's incredible. And then Chad Smith is going to be back there keeping the band that's together. A, yeah, that's a solid guy. So. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I would, I would love to see that show. Can't wait to see it. Here's one. Uh, Chicken Foot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's a band you can't see because all everybody's too busy. But Sammy Hagar, uh, Chad Smith, and I don't remember the other guys. Joe Satriani. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a band they all just got together to have fun, and you know Chad Smith too busy right now. Yeah. Whatever. Sammy's busy. You know, circling. I have seen Chad Smith live. I've not seen the Red yeah, yeah. live. So but one you can't really see her. How about those traveling Wilburys? Ah, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that'd be sick. With a, about, with a Roy. Yeah, of course with a Roy. Oh, I didn't even want to Diarrhea Planet. <laughs> Well, well, I've already right. seen Diarrhea Planet. Yeah. I have not. Nah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Tom almost died. Now, that's, now that's a mosh pit. Yeah. That's a mosh yeah. pit. You get in there and get, would you Jones get, like it? Jones would not like no. it. I'll stay home, man. <laughs> stay yeah. home. I, 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 walking home. I'm nervous of having Jones along my, alongside me in a mosh pit. I'm like a, yeah. a bow. <laughs> what, what number is that? I've been keeping count. 65. 65. Um, but mosh pits are, can be a lot of fun. But when you got somebody who might take it up to a, yeah. a, the next level, then you, then you yeah, might want to stay home. I, uh, I had to save Tom's life in the wash pit. Yeah, that's true. I almost went down. Yeah. <laughs> Trampled to death. Grabbed him by his hair. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> just pulled him right up. Yeah. As a grown man, I'm never trying to be in a mosh pit. That's yeah. just me. <laughs> we were young, dumb kids. That was a lot of fun. I really had a good time. Oh, don't get me wrong. I've had a lot of great <laughs> yeah. times in a mosh pit. But yeah. as an adult, I mean, mm-hmm. you know you're going to take some cheap shots. and. Yeah. I'm not, Jones I'm not just letting somebody get away people. with a cheap shot. No, then he's giving cheap shots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rib shots for everybody. Oh, God. All going around. So that, that brings me to my information. On this day uh, in 1983, U2 dropped an album. It was the album War. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard it or um, listened to it. No takers? No. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, of course I know that album. I'm, I'm a big U2 fan. Uh, I don't love so much of their recent stuff and how political they become, but I, I definitely know that album more. I, I yeah. did like it. I sense Jones's theme of the episode. No politics. No politics. Yeah, U2 can be a slightly political uh, group. You know, their foundation was based on politics. Yeah. Um, they have great music, uh, but like Jones said, you know, a lot of their recent stuff is more political. I don't know if you guys remember, but years back... Uh, Apple automatically downloaded one of their <laughs> albums <laughs> to your phone, and trust me, the older albums are much, much, much. Oh, better. so the other actually, this is like a couple months ago. I was actually looking on my phone or to see if that if that album was still on there, and it's not. Like they took it off. Oh, a bunch of freaks. <laughs> Free will. Right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate Finally. you. Finally, but back to War. Um, that was their st- third studio album. Um, they had had two before that. Uh, Boy in October. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that this album really changed the band's, um, you know, sound and uh, recording uh, style. It turned 
pacifism into their crusade. Um, you know, U2 is all about nonviolence um, and kind of bringing to light a lot of stuff in the UK, uh, Ireland, um, things that happened there. Um, but that this album had four singles on it. Uh, New Year's Day, Two Hearts Bleed is One, Sunday Bloody Sunday, and 40. Some of the hits. So, some of the hits off the albums. Um, so, some of those are also some of their large hits. Uh, obviously, I've, I've listened to all of these. I've listened to the album multiple times. When I was growing up, we were big U2 fans. Um, that was one of the rock groups that we listened to as a family. I got all, yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, that's where I got all my U2 albums. Ben, let me let me his CDs, and I downloaded yeah, them onto ben, my computer. You got you CDs? That to me? It's it's one ninety nine, and I don't want to pay for it. Yeah, no, I was not willing to. I got you, buddy. You scratched my CD, you know. But like I said, this was released um, in 1983 on this day. Uh, it was recorded from September to November in 1982, so mm. fairly quickly. Um, War focused on the physical and emotional uh, aspects of war and the after effects. You know, that, yeah. that's kind of how the lyrics go in there. Um, it, it had a harsher sound than Boy in October, um, which it leads to the rest of their uh, sound. <clears throat> I, I really like uh, The Edge. Um, he's a guitarist. He's actually very talented. He plays on this album, he plays see, the guitar, piano, steel guitar. Uh, he does back vocals. He does lead vocals on one of the songs, and he plays the bass on one of the songs. Man of many talents over here. Yeah, yeah. The Edge is pretty awesome. Um, not the biggest fan of Bono's vocals, but <laughs> The Edge has pretty good vocals. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it had great success, as Chris was talking about earlier. It knocked Michael Jackson's Thriller from the top spot in the UK charts. And so it was the, the top-selling album. Um and it was the band's first number one album. Um, it was the number 12 album in the U.S., and it was their first hmm. gold-certified album in the U.S. as well. Interesting. They did a remastering of the album in 2008, so if you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend it's on Spotify and Apple Music. Whatever streaming service you... Yeah, whatever you're into. Right. Yeah, thanks for that, Ben. I appreciate that. I'll give uh, War another listen. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's it's only 42 minutes. It's got um, five tracks on the first side and ten tracks on the second side because, you know, originally released yeah. as vinyl. Um, We're all about the B-side. Like I said, uh, Bono is lead vocals, guitars, The Edge. Uh, I already told you what he does. Adam Clayton, he plays the bass except for on 40. That's when The Edge hmm. plays it, um, which also it has a really cool sound on 40. Um, Larry Mullen Jr. is the drums and percussion. Uh, another little interesting tidbit. I know we talked about the violin on stage earlier, uh, but on Sunday, Boy Sunday, there is a violin um, and Steve Wickham, which is uh, an Irish violinist. <coughs> he plays there. So, um, War addresses the Polish movement. It was a solidarity mm. movement. Um, it was about an independent union and how martial law was used against the union to destroy uh, you know, everything to try to... Um, kind of shut it down which is interesting because the u.s gave 50 million towards the cause um but it was kind of a um socialist cause yeah it was uh mm. funny my mom's one of my mom's students had to like write a paper about the most like uh a musical artist that was like the most political and uh, he came back and i think everyone like wrote about bono and like yeah. you yeah. too and stuff 
If you listen to you listen to Jones, you can get some good uh, yeah. some good, uh options to write it. another paper if you need some, right. needs topics. Roger Waters awesome. get get my thesis ready. Rage, Rage Against the Machine, yeah. yeah, yeah, especially Rage Against the Machine. But also, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the cover art. You're going to when you watch or when you listen to, um, but it is a boy on there, um, and the reasoning behind that is it's supposed to look like the children in Warsaw. Um, when they were kind of getting like taken, and oh. they're, they're he's got a distressed look on his face. Mm. His lip is like looks a little bloody, and he's he's kind of like going like why, like what's going on. Oh, but dead. it's interesting because that's the same boy that they <clears throat> had on the boy album, which was originally released with a picture of the group because the album's name was Boy, and having a young boy on the album. They were scared of being called like pedophiles. Pedophiles, yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> when it was re-released, when it was remastered, it was released with the um, correct album art. But hmm. just a little interesting tidbit. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I definitely can get uh, the reps in for the YouTube album. I'm always looking yeah. for new albums to listen to at the gym. Yeah, New, new Year's Day, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Those are those are some of the biggest hits. Yeah. For, Forty sounds great. There, there's a lot of uh, different sounds on the album, and I like it. I like it. All right, so that leads last, but uh, certainly least. Um, That's for sure. By, by that, far. That is definitely I hope nobody sure. respects you, Tom. Yeah, I think I bring it upon myself, man. <laughs> uh, but I'm here to talk about Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Uh, on Leap Day, 52 years ago, the Beatles won four Grammys for their iconic Sgt. Pepper's album. Um, and one of those album, one of those Grammys included Album of the Year, which is a big deal. Which is the first ever rock LP to win a Grammy of uh, Album of the Year. When, and when did they when did they win that? So it was 1968. Oh wow! And okay. the album came out in 1967. You know, yeah, the year. So it was uh, came out in May of 1967, and then you know the next Grammys they. Uh, yeah, Album of the Year is one of the one of the big four. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of the big ones. Um, so some of the big songs off of. This album, of course, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Band, but one of my favorites is uh, with a little help from my friends. Yeah, that's uh, a great one. It's a great yeah. one. And then you have Losing This Guy with Diamonds, um, yeah. Lovely Rita, uh, and I think their biggest one, A Day in the Life. Mm-hmm. So you got some uh, some real bangers on this one. It's yeah. Uh, I-, I gave that album a listen to today, and one thing that I would have to say is <clears throat> just listening to it the way that we've talked about, which is listening to an album all the way through. Mm-hmm. This one, you really appreciate it in a different aspect as opposed to listening to the songs individually, because yeah. it it just goes through. It's it's like a ballad, you know. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it it's great that they, they flow into each other. It's mm-hmm. a, it's that's all I have to say. Kind of like that. the original like concept albums have <laughs> yeah, coming out yeah. in, its, in its infancy, so it's pretty cool there, but the how these albums all coming out in the sixties and these different bands kind of like, uh, I guess other bands, listen to other bands get inspiration. So the Beatles album, rubber soul, which was released three years prior to Sgt. Peppers inspired Brian Wilson, who was the lead singer, producer, songwriter, basically leader of the beach boys. Um, so basically he listened to rubber soul and it inspired him to write their huge album, pet sounds. And so that, that came out in 1966. And so the Beatles heard this album, Pet Sounds, and then inspired them to write Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club oh, Band. Yeah. So it's kind of like cross uh, inspiration is pretty crazy going right back and forth. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, there have been uh, 32 million copies of Sgt. Pepper's album sold worldwide, and Jones got one. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Phenomenal uh, record. I yeah. love it. Yeah, Jones got it on vinyl. He has his vinyl collection. Um and we went there as a little solid find. You know, we go to these 
back of the woods uh record find store, record yeah. shops and see just some good stuff um so it was really a good find yeah, but it's one of my finest uh vinyls <laughs> yeah i think jones actually made a facebook post about it and that doesn't Ooh. happen no look, that is accurate <laughs> look look what i got guys great yeah, find I, th- I think he at least got one like do, do you still listen me. to it on vinyl yeah i listen to it uh so what i do when i have a record i really like especially uh, an original pressing is i make it very um limited on how much i listen to it because i don't want to wear it out yeah yeah but uh definitely one of my favorite uh records on vinyl it's a great one uh the rolling stone magazine lists uh sergeant peppers as their greatest album of all time oh wow yeah and ringo Starr, the drummer of the beatles says it was a fine album but it took so long to record and his finest memory was uh from making the album was learning how to play chess so you know they're all working he's in the background uh just that's a very so, very you guys. very Ringo thing done. to do, which made me think. What was the last time anybody played chess? I couldn't even tell you the last time I played chess. I played like checkers like a month ago. Yeah, checkers. I, like what? the redheaded stepchild of chess. Um, ben doesn't even know what chess is. <laughs> yeah. I know what chess. You <laughs> just said what? what? <laughs> <laughs> play, you ever play chess? That's what? A, we're gonna teach you on the pod. Right. Oh, that's yeah. that's what Ben will say. Ne- next episode. Rip shots for everybody. <laughs> oh no, those ones <laughs> are gonna hurt. <laughs> But basically, uh, today I'm going to talk about what the cover of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album is all about, because it's kind of there's a lot going on. Um, I'm going to talk about the recording process, and uh, we'll go in depth about our favorite songs from this album. We'll wrap that up then. Um, so the Sgt. Pepper's album artwork is very wacky, colorful, and almost like a history version of a Where's Waldo picture by seeing, like, who can you find in the photo? It's really cool if you've never seen it. Um, but... The making of this look was by artists Peter Blake and Jan Howarth, and they had the idea of taking a picture of the Beatles like just after they finished a concert. So like they got off stage and then step over into the crowd and all of a sudden get a picture with the Beatles plus the crowd. So it's kind of their like ideal audience in the background that they wish they could have. Mm. That's not something you're going to see today. I bet they were really enthused about that. <clears throat> yeah, I think they were. Because, <clears throat> we'll get into that. Um but the cover included 57 cardboard cutouts and nine wax figures of historical and pulp culture icons. So it was a real picture. Like there's no oh, Photoshop yeah. oh, or okay. anything. Like they set up these cardboard and they got the wax figures of the Beatles. With like there's like John Paul George Ringo all standing there like for yeah, real. Yeah. And then there's their wax pictures on the left side yeah. with the wax versions of them from the local wax museum. That, <laughs> um, and they got a bunch of other wax figures and all the cardboard cutouts. So it's all there. Like all the painting on there's like a drum in the front yeah. they painted. Yeah. Yeah. It's all real. And they okay. just took a picture. So I thought that was pretty cool. You know, no CGI, no Photoshop back then. Um, and doing all this actually cost them a lot of money. So I it cost, so. cost them $55,000 in 2019 money. Just to do the album cover. Yeah, just the cover. Jesus. Yeah. Pumping the AC. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Can't let those wax figures. No, you cannot. Yeah. It might get in trouble. Uh, but some of the most notable characters on the cover are Bob Dylan. You have Marlon Brando, Marilyn Monroe, um, comedian Lenny Bruce. Um, some writers they have on the cover include H.G. Wells, which I've been reading a lot of his books lately. And they, uh, again, he was a writer in the late 1890s, <laughs> and they're still phenomenal reads. Um, you have Oliver Wilde, Edgar Allan Poe, and even Karl Marx. Oh, yeah. So, and there's so many more people on the cover, so it's cool just finding them. You can go to a website where it yeah. lists everybody that's, that's on that's there. Cool. Like Shirley Temple's also on there a bunch of times. <laughs> Ben's driving away from this conversation. Um, but I was thinking, uh, could you guys think of anybody else who should have been on the cover that wasn't? I can give you an example that um, I thought of as like Elvis. Oh, that's a good one. I was yeah, thinking that. Yeah. I just took it right out um, of my head. And the reason I thought, well, I actually didn't think of it. I was doing research and 
because people were always like, why isn't Elvis on it? Paul McCartney said he was too big. He's the king. Like, there's no reason for us yeah, to give a nod to yeah, him. He yeah. was so big. He's um, doing just fine. He's doing just fine. <laughs> was Michael Jackson on the cover? No, this was 1967. Yeah. yeah, so. We mean Jackson 5, but I don't I don't know the years of Jackson 5. Um, but I think they were late 70s. Yeah, yeah they, it was too. But I, I was also thinking Johnny Cash. I think he'd be. Oh, Johnny's a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. got some good ones. Which Tommy. it was his yeah. uh, birthday just the other got day. Got the hamstring. Yeah, yeah it was. Yep, yep. Happy birthday, Johnny. Happy birthday, Johnny. Uh, but the next point I wanted to talk about was the recording process for the Sgt. Pepper's albums. Um, and this was actually a lot slower of a process than all their other previous albums before this. So it took them five months to record this album, which it doesn't seem like that long a time, but I looked it up, um, like Rubber Soul, Revolver, all took them like a month or two. And max, five, max three. Five months is a lot. It's a long time. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm used to these, all the stories of like, Watching the was it Metallica Saint Anger documentary, where just everything just goes wrong and it's yeah. just a mess. Yeah. Um, but again, this is Height Beatles, so they they know what they're doing. But again, you know, they were working hard, and Ringo wasn't exactly happy <laughs> during this. Just kind of worried <laughs> about playing chess, as he's all about. But a couple months before the release of Sgt. Pepper's, George Martin, the Beatles producer, um, who actually died a couple years ago, um, was pressured by the record company to release a single. So the album came out in May of '67. And they released a single in February. So they they were already working on this album and had these uh, songs already to put on the album. Um, so they released a double A-side single of Strawberry Fields Forever and Penny Lane. And so this is a big deal. Yeah. And so it failed to reach number one in the UK charts. You can ma- imagine that. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Like, these are two phenomenal songs. But um, So this kind of failure in the Beatles' uh, history... This caused like the British media to start coming out with questioning the Beatles. If they were all dried up, there were some headlines that said Beatles failed to reach the top, like first time of four years. Yeah. Uh, has the bubble burst? Like all this stuff, this negative uh, press. But um, basically, continuing their tradition of excluding their singles off their albums. So they came out with uh, Sgt. Pepper's and they didn't add Strawberry Fields yeah. or Penny Lane. They just kept them as singles. Yeah. Yeah. And they, well, they, they, they brought later uh, released them on Magical Mystery Tour. But um, it's kind of it's the exact opposite of how they do today. You yeah, know, they release yeah, a single, yeah. and you're like, "Ooh, singles come out," and like, "Ooh, I'm getting excited for this yeah. album because the rest of the album's got to be great." <laughs> yeah. But they release the singles and just threw them out. So I, I just it's crazy thinking of the music standpoint of today. But it's very interesting, though. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But uh, George Martin later on uh, on excluding Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane from Sgt. Pepper's went on to say it was the biggest mistake of his professional career. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, the Sgt. Pepper's was huge, but I, yeah. I guess be even that much bigger. I don't know. But it is, mm. he had a lot of regret when talking about it. But do, do you think maybe it, w- it was good because you can spread out the good ones, you know? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of hits on Magical like, Mystery Tour as well, but right. th- those are two giant ones. But but yeah. anything maybe maybe uh, the other ones would have uh, you know overshadowed uh, yeah, Strawberry Fields. You know, uh, I think the reason why they might have left those two songs off of the you know Sgt. Pepper's album is because they didn't fit. They had a theme that they were going with, and uh, Penny Lane had no business being on Magical or uh, being on uh, Sgt. Pepper's. Pepper's. Yeah. And neither did Strawberry Fields. So they disagree. They say that Strawberry Fields Forever took them. It took them fifty-five hours of work on one song to come up with, with with this song that they had today, and it basically created the whole album. They said that's what put oh, them in the right really? mindset. Which I mean, it kind of maybe changed. Yeah. Because it's not, if you think it doesn't fit um, in hindsight, but that they were. Very angry at the time because they felt it fit exactly, and that's what molded. I mean, especially them. you know, you said it, it took five months to record. Like, 
mm-hmm. definitely over uh, that long period of time. Pains are going to change. Things are going to change. So. I, f- I feel like I agree. You know, they said that they work so hard on it. It fits in the album. But sometimes when you're stuck in the middle of it, you know, you want something to work. You want it to fit, but it doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. no matter how, how hard you work on it. Yeah. So I, I think what they did works out perfectly fine. And I'm glad that they didn't. Yeah, I mean, it it's good. Album, yeah. You know, no, it, de- it definitely all worked out. Maybe totally. it would have been foreshadowed. I totally know? agree with yeah. you, Ben. I, yeah. I think uh, what they did uh, is just fine. <laughs> <laughs> no it's hard feelings. Seem to have worked out for him. So yeah. George Martin, he's too hard on himself. Um, but Paul McCartney seeing all this negative press that we just mentioned earlier, um, and about the Beatles being finished, he was chomping at the bit to release the Sergeant, Sergeant Pepper's album to prove the media wrong and say that they still got it. And, uh, it only left people wanting more because it came out albums later and then they, they split in 1970 and we never got any more Beatles songs and never, uh, you know, no reunions or anything like that. So. But uh, the third point I want to talk about is our favorite songs from the album. So, like I want to say again, my favorite song off the Sgt. Pepper's album is Ringo Starr's main contribution to this album, which is with a little help from my friends. Um, I enjoy this song because it's very easygoing, and I feel like life is always more fun with your friends. <coughs> it's such as doing a podcast. True. Yeah. Um, and also, John, Paul, and George basically had to encourage Ringo to hit that high note at the end yeah. because he lacked the self-confidence in his own voice. So he literally was able to accomplish this song and get out of his comfort zone with the help of his friends. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's why I like it. So I, you guys have a favorite song and maybe why, if you I, care? I really like When I'm 64. Okay. Um, I, I haven't really given this album a deep dive listen yet. I was listening to it at the gym um, the other day, and... Like they were blasting music at the gym, so it was, I was kind of distracted. But um, I really like the sound, and I really like the feel of that song. I I, I really like the album. Um, but I would love to do uh, another good listen and um, kind of pay more attention to it. Yeah, why don't you do that? That's your homework for the weekend. <laughs> yeah. we'll report next week. Yeah. So for me, uh, it's hard to pick just one song. Uh, but for me personally, I love Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that it has uh, a lot to do with them doing LSD when they made this song, <laughs> and I totally agree if yeah. you listen to the lyrics. I have but, a, a counterpoint yeah. to uh, that. I love the lyric, a girl with kaleidoscope eyes, because it you know, puts an image in your mind, and uh, mm-hmm. it puts you in a different place, and yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. that's something. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really Smooth enjoy lyric. that song, too. I don't yeah. know if you're... Uh, but, I also enjoyed the transition between with a little help of my friends and Lucy in the sky with diamonds, because I, I love both of those songs. Um, like the beginning Sergeant Pepper's Lonely heart clubs. Um, it, <laughs> it's a mouthful. It, it's, <laughs> I, 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 uh, <laughs> it, it, it's great. But then, you know, it, it rolls into with a little help of my friends mm-hmm. and then Lucy yeah. in the sky with diamonds. And it's just hits from there. Yeah. But th- those two, they really ring with me. Um, just the, the feeling uh, it, it get you know, I, I'm in the era. You know, mm-hmm. immediately just sucked back in there. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. You, you you can hear the crowd like cheering in the in Sergeant Pepper's and with a little help from my friends. Yeah, and that's actually from a crowd that uh, George Martin recorded at the Hollywood Bowl in like the mid '60s uh, with the in a Beatles concert. So they oh, already yeah. had the recording and they just put it in with the tracks. That's cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it kind of sounds live. Yeah. yeah, no, they yeah, yeah, yeah. they do a really good job. They yeah. know what they're doing. Another thing to touch on what Ben had uh, talked about that I totally agree with is it puts you in a different era. It puts you in that mindset of where the Beatles were, and it puts you in a state of calm, and it uh, it relaxes you. Where today's music, you know, has a lapse of putting you in a time and place. That album especially was able to put you 
where the Beatles were, and you almost you almost you almost felt like you were there, yeah, because they put you in that place because mm-hmm. their lyrics were so good. Yeah, I just love the Sergeant Pepper's you know song in the beginning, like start the show and then end the show, and then they had like a day in the life. It's kind of yeah. like that. That, that was add something on. I wanted to hit on too. Is um, I've noticed that you know the Beatles have a great effect on music everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. But yep. one thing I noticed, I was listening to this, and I was thinking, I just kept on thinking of the Killers. Because the Killers take that from them, you know they have they have a similar style, but that, that's what I was thinking of. If you've ever listened to um, what's the uh, album? I think it's when you are when you were young or oh, what's that? Uh, yeah, I don't know Killers albums. I yeah. can't. Uh, but they got a, <laughs> the cars running again. Oh, get that lawnmower, <laughs> yeah. Chris. Uh, all right. So. Oh yeah. When we were young. No. Yeah, uh, I really like that you mentioned that. Uh, I like the format that they use based on how they started and finished songs, how they all, almost made it you know, seem like they were yeah. playing into uh, the next lead-in to the next song. Yeah. It's like and an I'm, intro and an extra. Yeah, yeah. You, you feel something from it. I really like that as it's well. It's Sam's Town. That's the album. Sam's Town. That's Town. good. Yeah, I remember that cover because it has that girl in the trailer park kind of thing yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, like what you touched on, uh, A Day in the Life. I didn't mention A Day in the Life because I only wanted to go with one song, but that's a phenomenal song yeah, from beginning is. to end. I, I mean, you're there in that song. Yeah. It's almost like you're that guy, you know, dragging his comb through his hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, it really takes you on a journey. Um, but I want to debunk a myth. So Uh-oh. I actually looked this up with the because everybody says it. Like Jones was just saying, the myth is "Losing the Sky and Diamonds" is a reference to LSD. But uh, John Lennon says it's not a reference to LSD, but it was derived from a pastel drawing his four-year-old son had drawn for him. That's what he says. I don't believe that. Lucy, Lucy, Sky. I don't know what they'd be so defensive about, Lusty. They're always um, pretty open about it. Well, the issue was they didn't want people to know that they were doing really hard drugs. And when they made this album, they were all doing very hard drugs, as in you could listen to the lyrics in the song, and you know that it's coming from a deep place. It's not from a place of like, oh, I think I'm going to go write a song today, Johnny. Let's go do this. These two words rhyme. Let's Uh, finish the lyrics. Well, the great thing about music is it's all about interpretation. Yeah. Like poetry, literature, everything. Yeah. I totally agree. That's so true. that's that's what's great about it. No, that's why there's, there's one, one meaning and, and, and that's one why we to, like it. I, I like it when artists don't tell the meaning either. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah exactly. Leaves a mystery. It, but uh, I, I knew there was a reason why John Lennon was always my least favorite Beatle. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> You're a Paul guy. That was through George. and through. So I'm like Ringo. There's the John Lennon people. Those are a certain certain, certain type, type of, of crowd. Yeah. 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 Basically, on the Sergeant Pepper's recap, so. It's got a very wacky historical and cultural significant album cover. Um, the Sgt. Pepper's album took five months to record, all while uh, Ringo was learning to play chess. Um, and with a little help from my friends, is my favorite, and we all heard everybody else's favorites. So don't be afraid to hit us up uh, talking about what your favorite album is. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid to get a listen to this album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. It's a good Man. one. It's a great one. I don't think it's a terribly long one either. No, it's it's not a long it's not, album. No, yeah. the the older albums are not as long. Yeah, as yeah, because each song ones. is like two mm-hmm. and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you you have yeah, to fit yeah, it on 30, a vinyl. Yeah, thirty nine. Yeah, thirty nine minutes. Yeah, like forty minutes. Yeah. All right, but if you guys have any questions or comments, you know, feel free to contact us on social media. I'm uh, I'm Tom at Tom J Ozio on Twitter. Uh, I am it's that kid Chris on Instagram and it that kid Chris on Twitter. I am B Waldron ten on Instagram. 
I'm the Neanderthal. I don't have internet. <laughs> it, it's an accurate statement. But you gotta go knock on Joe's door. Yeah, that's send him old, a letter. The old fashioned. Then he'll way. give you a rib shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, how, that's how we do it. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the program. This has been Talking Rock in the Basement. Now get out of here and go listen to that Sergeant Pepper's album we all love so much. Or war.